warm welcome this morning. Thanks, guys. When we arranged this Thanks, back Carl. in February, um, before COVID uh, hit New Zealand, um, we, uh, Steve was coming for the state. And so have a listen to what he's preaching about today and just see what God is speaking to us about. Thank you, John. It's great to be with you guys. You're looking as handsome as ever. And thank you, everyone who went before and what was shared. It was really, uh, really inspiring, encouraging, and I just loved it. So, um, John, Pastor John said, I'm free to speak for about an hour. So, you know, thank you for that liberty. Well, they did two hours of worship last night, didn't they? Yeah, no, I don't like to speak long normally. So, um, let's just pray and then uh, let's get into it together. Father, we thank you for what's gone before. Uh, Lord, thank you that your body is arising, that your spirit is being poured out increasingly in these days, in these uh, tumultuous times. And we pray that you'll speak to our hearts this morning what you want to say in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we are looking at seed to harvest. It's a wee bit like our kid's story, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, vaguely related at least. Um, just while I think of it and mention this, uh, when I walked into the premiering this morning, I, I felt God speak to me and said, uh, the end of all flesh. And some of you are in situations that are just absolutely wearing you out. And uh, you just think, God, I don't know how I can keep going. And I believe God would say to you that just allow him to work the process in your life that he needs to work. He is increasing his spirit on you, and his spirit increases on you as you d- depend less on yourself in that difficult situation, and more on him. He's bringing the end of all flesh so that more of his spirit will come increasing. So just take that word, and I believe I I felt it very clearly this morning. So we're looking at the whole area of, of the harvest, and the harvest for us are situations that occur to us that are you know, big life events, a bit like we heard from the new elders and they were great appointments, weren't they, this morning? You know, uh, but prior to some of those life events, things like an appointment of eldership, um, a university graduation, uh, an engagement, a new job, whatever it may be, these major life events, prior to them taking place, they're like a harvest. But prior to that, that happening, there are seeds being sown beforehand. Things that are small, unnoticed and little, but are taking place and building towards that harvest. So what seed are you sowing in your life today? Because there's going to come a harvest from those seeds. Uh, Galatians 6, 6 and 7 and 8 talks about that. You know, God isn't mocked, that whatever we sow, we are going to reap. And I I can remember as a a very new Christian, a guy called Phil Pringle, who was our youth leader back in those days here in Christchurch. And he said this, and I've never forgotten, he said, there's one verse in the Bible that terrifies the life out of me, and it's Galatians 6, verse 6, 7, and 8, that you reap what you sow. So make sure what you sow are good seeds. I I remember on one occasion, because sometimes they're not, and on one occasion, I was 16 at the time, I was a fifth former at Shirley Boys High, and our mother, my mum, just walked out of our home, said goodbye to dad, and that was it. She was gone. That was like a harvest, a sad harvest, a, a tragic one, really. And all the seeds that are, had been sown in that marriage beforehand of, uh, gee, betrayal and um, resentment and uh, lack of trust and uh, hurt and bitterness, all finally reached the point where my mum had just had enough and she walked out, and it was a very, very sad day. 
You know, bad seeds, and I'm going to just mention them just briefly tonight, today, but uh, bad seeds are small and they're unnoticed, and yet they have re- real influence. And we can see that in our society today, where we're reaping things that our society have sown in years gone by. In Matthew 13, verse 25, it says this, While men slept, bad seeds were sown. Right? When people are asleep at the helm, in a home, in a family, in a life, in a society, Satan will come along and sow bad seeds. And if we are not awake, those seeds can take root in our heart. You know, doing good and doing good seeds is not enough to reap a good harvest. We must also remove the bad seed from our lives. Otherwise, the Bible says they both grow up together at the time of the harvest. And you can see it. I mean, you know, you can see it in teenagers sometimes. Not always, of course, the ones here are great, I know. But, you know, you don't know what you've got, parents, do you, until they kind of hit the and you oh, what? You know, until what, what happened. And I, I remember growing up in a, a pretty dysfunctional home, uh, like, like some of you here today. And, and I saw the stuff that was being sown in that home. And I came to Christ, and, and Debbie and I, my wife, we made the decision that we were going to do our very best to stop bad seeds being sown in our home. And so our home, our boys did not know this, but our home was like a monastery. It was like, it was, you couldn't get to that TV screen. You couldn't get to the internet, man, without having to just about sign your life away as a, as a little kid. And we were so particular, so careful about their friends, just so tried to guard as much as we possibly could bad seeds going in. Because I was aware that putting in good seeds is not enough. You have to not put in the bad seeds as well. And so uh, we did our best. And on the other side, putting in good seeds, uh, around breakfast time, I made it a habit of reading my Bible around breakfast with the, the kids there. And we'd say, okay, boys, Dad's reading his Bible. Now you guys get out your Bible. But Dad, I'm three. I can't read yet. It doesn't matter. Get it out, son. So they would get their Bible out and say, look at the pictures. Look at Jesus. All right. And so as I got older, you know, could start to learn a few little words. So, okay, circle God. Now look for all the circle Jesus. And so they got in the habit, I've got three sons, and they got in the habit of reading their Bibles. Now today, 34, 31, and 28, still reading their Bibles every day. Good seed has brought a great harvest. It really has. And there was a lot, plenty of fun and lots of laughs and hugs and sport, all those things. But we were quite deliberate. We didn't do it right and perfect either, I have to say. I'm not saying we did, but I think you get the idea. So when someone comes to Christ, they have to remove the bad seeds as well as plant the good seeds in their lives. I don't know if you uh, have much concrete around your place. We have tons of concrete in our place. We have absolutely no lawn, no lawn at all, entirely concrete. And my son is a lawn mowing contractor, but it's too bad, you know. Uh, but we are right next to a park, and I can open the gate in, in out and go onto the park. So, you know, I have a great view of plenty of much lawn as I want to look. But what I notice is these jolly weeds, they grow through the concrete, and they crack the concrete, and they grow up. And it, it astounds me how strong weeds or, and seeds from those weeds are. They are powerful beasts, so I tell you. And um, we've got a verse up on our screen there. We're finally coming to it. And... 
I don't know about you guys, but whenever you have someone come to your door, and I haven't had many of late with uh, things, but, and, and they're trying to peddle their religion and their, their false beliefs, and, and very quickly, I will ask them a question. I say, okay, thank you. I want to ask you a question. Are you born again? Because they'll be talking a gospel of good works. Every false religion has one thing in common. It's all based on man, woman, doing our very best, doing good works to please God. But our Bible says forget it. You can't do that by good works. So I ask them, I say, are you born again? And often that will throw them out. I said, well, Jesus said in John 3, unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you won't enter the kingdom of God. And this verse up here tells us, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. It's a powerful seed. It's indestructible. It's hugely life-changing. It changed my heart from hating my father to, to loving him and hugging him and he couldn't handle it, uh, to healing a sick body, to changing a life, to restoring a family, to transforming a, a community, a city, a nation. Fred, if you're a Christian today, this word is in you. When we come to Christ, as we heard around communion this morning, we are not just having our sins forgiven, but the very life of God comes and lives inside us as a seed. And what must we do with the seed? We must feed the seed. Feed the seed. Will you turn to your neighbor and say, feed the seed. Feed the seed. <laughs> Otherwise, that seed just sits in your heart. And, you know, it's going to be doing something. Otherwise, it's going nowhere at all. And in the parable of the, the sower and the seed, it talks about seeds that we can sow. So not only have you and I had seeds that are it's not whiskey, um, sorry. <laughs> a vodka, oh, no, it is water. Okay, and I have to say, a significant upgrade from last time. So well done, <laughs> St. Albans Baptist. That's it, treating, treating, that's very good. So in Matthew 13, we have the parable of the sower. We've had seeds in our heart. It's our time and our turn to sow seeds in the heart of people that we meet. And so we read in our second slide, thank you, Amazing media team at the back there. Uh, in this parable of the soul, we have the, the four soils. And we see the first soil there in Matthew chapter 13. You can turn in your Bible or you can look on the, on the screen. But in Matthew 13, the soul goes out to sow the seed. It comes across a range of soils. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away. That's the devil Statues away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. There are people that you will meet in life, and uh, they are wayside people. Their hearts are really quite hard, quite resistant to God. Now, they can be very pleasant and very nice. I was talking to a guy. I just bought a, a new car. I love it. But the insurance on it was about double my other car. And I was thinking, man, I'm paying so much. I better tell this guy about the Lord, right? So... Somehow, yeah, I'm not quite sure what was my motive. It probably wasn't very pure, but I thought I'm going to tell him anyway. So I, we got on to, I said, well, what do you think is going to happen when you die? Now, how you put that in the conversation about insurance, I'm not sure, but I did. I got it in the eye. 
bashed it in. And, and he was really pleasant and very polite, but he had never thought about this. He wasn't bothered by it. And he was in his 20s. He had you know, a lot of life to live. So I just said, well, look, do think about it. At some point in your life, you may think about it. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And I didn't say a lot more than that. It wasn't rude. He wasn't too bothered. But he wasn't open. And you'll meet people like that. And sometimes you don't know until you actually raise Christ or church or something in the conversation. And then you can find out. And it's like, you know, you're just testing out the soil to see what it's like. Because you can't always tell. You can't always tell. Because sometimes some of the biggest rat bags and, you know, and the worst mouths are actually really open to God. And you just cannot tell. You, so... Um, You've got to find out. So that's the wayside. Then, then we move on to verse uh, 20 and verse 21. It says, But he who has received the seed on stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself or herself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. There are hard stones in some people's hearts, buried below the surface, you know, down by those roots that we, we saw just earlier with that kid's story. And uh, sometimes they don't even know that they're there. And, and you may not know, but once you get talking and meeting and mixing with people, things can surface and come. You know, I remember once um, I was on staff at church, probably about 20 years ago, and uh, I was on holiday at, at the beach, lying on the beach reading a book, a Christian book, and God speaks to me and says, you've got stones in your heart. Wow, can you imagine that? I'm on star, church staff. And God says that to me. And, and they were things I had to really address and look at in my life that were um, you know, starting to cause me problems and some others as well. And um, there are people in churches that have got offended and walked away. For one reason or another, stones of offense have come, become, and they've grown in their hearts and just recently, I was talking to, a, uh, I changed golf clubs, and I was at this new golf club, and I'm getting my good deal, and this, I think, gee, that lady looks familiar. I'm sure it's who I'm thinking it is, and it turns out her name is Anne-Marie, and she was in our church about 27 years ago, and uh, we'd even had a life group, a home group in their home, and so, oh, Anne-Marie, it's, you know, and she'd by now changed her name, and uh what had happened is her and her husband, uh, he, you know, he had um, been, been uh, unfaithful. And, and for some reason, she just turned away, not just from the husband, but from church and God. And now she, she said, I'm bitter, I'm angry. Um, and she said, she's not sure where she stands with God. You know, across New Zealand, I, I, th I would say there are tens and tens and tens of thousands of people in that situation where something has got in a stone of offense. It's got in. And it's so important that when we're reaching out to people in our, in our homes, uh, in our extended families, our neighborhoods, where we work, you will meet many backslidden prodigals that have turned away from God because of this whole issue that in a time of tribulation, the stones have got in their hearts and they've stopped the seed from growing in their lives. And uh, they need us. They need our love. They need us to reach out. They really, really do. Verse 22, it says, Now, he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and he becomes 
unfruitful. You know, the thorns are interesting things. They often come as good things that we start to get very worried about. And this can really affect people in the world, and it can affect us as Christians too. When I look at the Bible, if there's one area where God warns us about, it isn't so much the tough times. Do you know what it is? There are more warnings about when blessings come our way than virtually anything else. And I can take you from, honestly, from, from the beginning of the Bible right the way through to Revelation. God said when Israel came in the promised land, he warned them. And he said, be careful when you come into great blessing that you don't forget me. See, and these thorns and, and cares and thistles start to take shape. At the final church in Revelation 3 that Jesus talks to, the, the church there, he says, you, you know, you think you're rich. And they'd obviously a level of materialism and blessing, and it made them lukewarm. And sadly, if we're honest and we look at things in our own nation, if we look across the Western world, this will be one of the characteristics of a pretty wealthy church. But in terms of spiritual power, isn't it true that we need more? You know, well, what's the answer, church? What is the answer? I believe, and we heard a little bit of it this morning, that that is turning back to God. It's turning back to God. And Robert was talking about, about worship and repentance and so on. And, you know, uh, we're starting to get serious at, at, here at, at our church, at Church Unlimited. And so we've started a revival prayer meeting. And we're just going after one thing. And we're going for, for two hours on a Thursday night every week now for God to bust out, just to break out, to change our hearts, to bring repentance, to bring holiness, to bring a fresh hunger, fresh love, fresh passion, all of these things. Because we know that we are going down fast as a nation. We can see it. And I've seen it over the last 40 years. I've seen it decade by decade by decade, the spiritual climate drop. And you know, friends, we have to fight for our nation. We have to fight for our lives. The Bible says fight for your families and near and we have to fight. And how do we fight? You know, we can't be passive. We can't just be there. It's a very interesting thing. But in, in Gethsemane, what does it say? Jesus was very sorrowful and he prayed and pressed in Preston in prayer. Well, it says, what did Peter, James, and John do while, while Jesus prayed? You know what they did? They slept. But it's very interesting why they slept. Does anyone know why they slept? It says for it in one of the the Gospels. Does anybody know? This is a Bible question. Well, that's excellent. That is so true. That is true. But Jesus specifically addresses, or the Bible addresses, why they were asleep. For sorrow. It actually says that in one of the, those Gospels. They were sleeping for sorrow. Sorrow had filled their hearts and it started to weigh them down. We've been through a lot of sorrows. Many of us in recent times, haven't we? Let's be honest. And that sorrow can start to weigh us down. And I believe God would say, church, it's time to rise up. It's time you've got to start to put on new garments. You've got to start to get going for me. You've got to begin to rise up. It's time for the church in this nation to rise up, to stand up, and to speak up. You know, 
Speaking up is such an important thing to do. We can do it with grace, but we must do it. And we must begin to pray up. We need to get serious with God and pray and seek the face of God like never before. We can turn this nation around. I felt God speak to me three years ago and say, I am going to bring revival. And uh, I felt, I prophesied it. I had such a, a, a flow of the Spirit on me when I did that. And I remember at the time talking with Pastor Tark, and he said, oh, yeah, I think that's right. He said, that, that's right, but how's it going to come? You see, revival comes one of two ways. There's the easy way. You know, the easy way still takes a lot of work. That's prayer, that's fasting, that's holiness, that's pressing into God. The other way, sadly, is where God allows pressure to come on our lives, and it shifts and shakes and moves us in the right direction. Friend, let's not make it hard for God. We have to turn now. There is, you know, we've moved past the point of return. You know, the church is losing its way all the time. You know, right now, I understand there, there is hate speech coming up on the legislation in this nation that will try and stop us preaching the whole counsel of God. We need to be awake. We need to be alert. And, and with God's help, stand up. And all God says is, he understands our situation. He knows the sorrow of heart. He understands that there's been things that have buffeted and really been a, a real challenge to us. And he will lovingly draw alongside and love us and bless us. And we are the apple of his eye. And he will enable us to rise up and become receive strength and receive grace in this hour that we are living. These are the most exciting days. God is moving across the planet. We can just see it. Yes, sure, God doesn't originate evil, but he will take evil and he will use it and he will turn it for good. And what we're faced right now with COVID and gosh, if it isn't one thing, it's the, the next, isn't it? And who knows what may happen? I'm not saying that anything, but who knows what can happen? The key thing is allow these life events to push you into God and not away from God. Make that decision. Make that choice. That's a choice you can make. And sometimes I say, God, I don't know if I can. But I know if I will say, Lord, I'm willing, help me, help me, God will do that. And he will put uh, his spirit upon us. So, you know, as we are facing these things and the, the cares of this life and the, the uh, thorns and the thistles have come up, it's time to cut them off and begin to uh, really press into God. The final one is the area of the good soil. We're getting to wind it up now, is the good soil. And um, this is the person in verse 23 that um, he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, and indeed bears fruit and produces a hundredfold 60 or 30. You know, we can go and share our faith with people, and some are interested, some are not, some are, you know, polite, but that's about all. But these are the people that when we share, there's a real hunger and there's a real interest there. I was just talking to a guy the other day in the shopping mall, and he said, Do you realize this is the fourth time in a year you'll come up and talk to me? And I thought, oh, I didn't even know who you were. I remember his name now. I've got it sorted this time. Vince, and the first time I witnessed to him was at our light party last year. So you've got a light party coming up. That's great. That's really good. So his name is Vince. And, uh, four and I said, That's because God has got your number. 
When are you going to get right with God? When are you going to turn to him? Because I can speak with boldness because he, he knew it was right. He was open. And there's a couple other guys that I've been sharing with and led to the Lord. And uh, one was Daniel and one Sione. And, uh, you know, uh, Daniel had uh, got some help from one of our feed in the school programs and remembered it. And this was some years later I began talking to him. And he was so open and so receptive. So we've kept, um, uh, you know, relationship up. Why? Because it's good soil. So of all the people that you do share Christ with, the ones that are good soil are the ones to spend the most time with because they're the ones that get the best return for your time and investment. So who is the person in your life with his good soil? Who is that one? They are the one to focus on. Yes, scatter the seed, that's true. But go for the one, invest time in the one that has good soil. So how can we soften their hearts? Well, we can pray, and that's so important. Pray daily for especially the good soil person. Be kind on a consistent basis. Be interested in them and be credible as well. Hey, do you know your testimony? I find very few Christians can say a brief testimony about their lives in about a minute or a minute and a half. Could you do that if I got you up here today? Could you do that? I, I talk with people, and I've got a, a, a testimony that uh, I just scattered the seed to them, and I know some of it's going to hit with them. It's something like this. I said, I grew up hating my dad, but I met with Jesus at Teachers College. I'm really summarizing it right now. <laughs> it's a bit, bit longer than this. And, uh, I, you know, it was relationship with Jesus it wasn't rules. It wasn't laws. It was knowing God. I say, I say, he is the most wonderful person. And I talk about that. And they, they, you know, they do seem to be interested. And, uh, you know, God will help us not just get to heaven and not go to hell, but he wants to help us in this life as well. And then I talk, and I just say this, he restored my relationship with my dad. Uh, he blessed us financially. We had a number of stores in Auckland for uh, uh, several years. I've uh, been married 39 years to just a fantastic wife. I tell you, if I wasn't a Christian, I don't know where I would be in terms of relationships. Oh, oh I'd hate to think, man. My teenage years were very, very sad. You know, 39 years, a wonderful, wonderful lady, Debbie, and three sons who are my best friends. And I say, I grew up so lonely, so lonely. My four sisters, I was the only boy, and I, I just felt so alone most of the time. And now God has just so filled my life up in relationships, and I, I can't believe it. He is so good. Now, these are powerful things, you see? And that seed I've scattered out. What's your testimony? What are the key things that God has done for you that you can say in about a minute or a minute and a half? So you'll scatter the seed out when it's appropriate with someone, and they will take the one that appeals to them and they can come back and ask you. We are living in times that are, that are just so uh, almost unbelievable, aren't they? You know, what is taking place? And I'm just staying with unsafe family, and they're great, the characters. And, uh, but, and nothing's happened the whole weekend I've been with them. But just this morning over breakfast, they believe in conspiracy theories, right? I know some of you do too, right? But I said to, uh, I said to him, I said, um, I said, look, conspiracy, I said, well, the Bible does say at the end of the age, I said, and I began talking about the mark of the beast. And they're up for this. They go, yeah, that's right. 
they, they, they could see all this thing, these things coming together. I said, right now, all the agencies around the planet, they are not linked, but they are going to become linked. It's going to happen in the midst of turbulence like we're seeing now. And things, I mean, I believe we're right in the end age. We, we haven't got long to go. There's coming a massive move of God, but there are two harvests at the end of the age. The Bible says that. It's very clear. Harvest of good, harvest of evil, growing up at the same time. And amidst all this turbulence, the Spirit of God is being poured out powerfully. And we're right on the very urge, the, the very edge of it right now as God is doing this. And I was just talking with them and sharing about the mark of the beast and how you can't take it and what's going to happen. But Jesus is the answer. He's going to do it. Get some basic end-time knowledge because it's very appropriate right now. It will be a seed that will be powerful and will make a difference. So I, I, I love end times. I've studied it for just for absolute years. So, you know, my prayer for you this morning as we uh, just wind it up, I'm just going to ask only the keyboard, please, to come uh, right now, if that would be okay, and just begin to play quietly there in the background. But my prayer for you this morning is that there's two things I want to pray for. One, and I just pray generally in a moment's time, but... You know, there have been seeds sown in your heart. How are you doing with those seeds that you've had sown? What I felt as I prepared this um, was that some of you have had seeds sown and have been issues with your father from the past. This is so common, sadly. It's such a common thing. Um, I really felt God say that. So God wants to help you remove that seed that of, uh, of conflict with your father, of difficulties, of bitterness, of hurts, God wants this morning to help you and remove the bad seed. He also wants you to say, okay, God, how can I feed the seed? What's the good seed? You know, getting to church every week, you're feeding the seed. Reading your Bible and praying every day, you're feeding the seed. Sharing your faith regularly, you're feeding the seed. So that's one whole area, seed for you. The other area is, who is the good soil person that you can invest in more deliberately? And say, ask God to show you. You're just welcome to pray. So this morning, let's just look to the Lord and let's just, um, we'll just pray um, where we are right now. Just play. Just, just play. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So this morning, Father, we just bring our hearts to you. And Lord, we just pray that you will Help us with seeds in our hearts, Lord, that have been sown by the enemy in our past. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you will come and uh, you will remove those seeds from our lives. So right now, just encourage you just to surrender that area to God afresh. And let him come in and heal you and minister to you and release you. And Father, I pray also that there will be seeds that we can feed in our Christian walk that will bring a great harvest. Thank you for helping us, Holy Spirit, really enabling us. Grace is here. The gentle spirit is here, but he's powerful as well. The other area is that of good soil that you can invest your time in. Who is that person? Who is that person that with God's help, you can deliberately invest more time in them, sowing good seed 
that they might come to Christ. If you can think of anybody, just lift your hand right now. You're saying, God, with your help, I'm going to invest. A few hands. If that's you, if someone's coming to your mind now of soil, good soil that's open before God. Father, I pray for those who have raised their hands this morning for good soil, that you would help them, Lord. You would help them, Father. Give them wisdom and guidance and the right seeds to sow. Lord, we just release that in Jesus' name. Amen. Just uh, with eyes still closed this morning, but maybe you're here today. You don't know where you stand with God. You're not really quite sure. Yes, you've, you, you love God, and you're in church, and that's just great. But the Bible says that God wants us to know. God's Spirit witnesses with our spirit. We are children of God. And God wants you to know for sure that when you die, you'll pass from this life and you'll go to heaven to be with him. It's appointed to man once to die and then the judgment. We stand before God and God wants to have mercy. He wants to welcome you to heaven. He doesn't want you to go to hell. If you'd like to make sure of this decision, you've never, never done this before or you have just not sure at all where you stand, you'd like to receive Jesus into your life as your personal Savior, I want you to raise your hand right now. Lift it up nice and high. Let me see it. Now I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you, but this is your moment. It's the most important moment of your life. And uh, you need to make peace with God. God loves you dearly. He has a great plan for your life. All of us have issues that called sin or selfishness. We all struggle with it. But thank God our good works won't get us there. Going to church, good as it is, won't get us there. It's only Jesus Christ dying for us on the cross that makes the difference. And if you'd like to receive the fact that he died for you and for your sin, he rose from the dead, please raise your hand right now. I'm going to finish. This is your moment, but I'm just going to pass. But if you can just feel God just gently knocking at the door of your heart, would you raise your hand? Nice and high. Let me see it and then put it down again. If you're feeling God is just touching right there your heart, just lift up your hand right at this time. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you'll hear my voice and if you'll open the door, I will come in. We're going to finish in just a, a few seconds, but one final opportunity today for you to receive Jesus as your Savior. Just lift your hand right now. You're amongst friends. Most of us have done this. Is there anyone today? I'm just going to hand back to Pastor John right now and uh, he's just going to finish. Thanks. Well, we come right to the, to the finish. Um, that sense of God's soft presence amongst us is still here. And um, that end of all flesh word that um, Steve gave right at the beginning is, is something that I'd love to just give the opportunity for anyone to, who would like prayer to be able to come forward for. But we've got um, these four folk from... Joe and Leslie's team here today who are going to be down the front. I'll just ask you to, to make yourself available. And also others who've, um, who were there at the um, revival nights, uh, Mark and Karen, um, uh, 
uh, John and Lynn, others that were Jeanette, others that were there, if you'd like to come down as well, and if there's any response in your heart that you would like prayer for, um, please come and be prayed for uh, by, by us that are going to be down wait, waiting down here for you. Again, just this soft gentleness, I, I trust that the Holy Spirit is speaking in your hearts um, the things that he wants to um, just unlock or refresh or, or, or give uh, an outpouring of joy for. Um, have you noticed in the last six months how often the issue of evangelism has God's been bringing before us as a church? That's really exciting. Mm. It's taking us out off the edge, mm. but it is really exciting. Mm. The stories mm. that are already percolating. Mm. But you, we have a number of evangelists here. Uh, today, and if you there's a thing that is um, caught and taught, and the court aspect has to do with being in the right place, and uh, sometimes the laying on of hands and just being prayed for. So, if anything's burning in your heart in that regard, please come forward as well. Yes, how's the if the team are going to be ministering? So come stand here, friends. I, I just want to come back to that aspect. You know, we all let um, you know what Steve was talking about. We all have stones that can get into our lives, or we allow things to grow up. And, and for the sake of our nation, for the sake of our families, for the sake of our community, for the sake of our friends, we need to be a people who are wholeheartedly going after God, seeking Him, seeking His presence, seeking His holiness, so that we can be um, vessels who are used powerfully by God to see this country changed. And if that speaks to you, if you're passionate, if you're hungry to see transformation taking place, can I encourage you to come and receive some impartation this morning? Just uh, say, come forward saying, God, I need you. I need you. I surrender to you again once more. So we're not going to be doing any more than just having Tony playing quietly in the background while we do this. If you, if you wanted to go out and get your coffee fix, tea fix now you are actually really welcome to do that as well but if you're hungry for more of god can i encourage you to come forward and receive ministry one word of knowledge just as we make this transition the lord just said straight away as soon as i heard john say that someone suffering with um like migraines headaches the lord wants to take it from you